All right, so welcome back to another Raven in the Road podcast here um, about the music industry. So today we have Mr. Maxwell Mensing. Uh, he is a brass teacher uh, here in North Carolina, uh, former band director as well, uh, big time classical performer, uh, performing on tuba, um, just a whole bunch of brass instruments, uh, and is also a brother, so he's a fellow Sinfonian. Um, so welcome, Max. Hey, it how's it going, everybody? Good to have you. <laughs> Not like they can respond to me anyway. No, no, it's all right. <laughs> we'll give them the option later. So just getting a little bit more background with you. So with university, uh, you we both went to UNC Pembroke. So go Braves. Yeah, go Braves. <laughs> <laughs> so what what did you learn at university that best prepares you for where you're at now? Um, it was really just how to be adaptable because everything in music you have to be adaptable with your different styles and whatever situation you're going to be in w- with music. Um, and just life being adaptable helps you out with life so much like sometimes i don't know if i could if i wasn't adaptable sometimes i don't know how i would make money right (laughs) especially this year oh my goodness yeah so no i totally get that do you feel Uh, like there are any like specific moments that uh really prepared you for kind of like after after university um I can't remember specific moments, but a big thing from college and, you know, just life is being nice to everyone, even if they mm. suck. No. Because sometimes you're going to need a favor. Sometimes you're <laughs> going to need help. Yeah. And if you're not nice to everyone, like like in, in the music ed program at Pembroke, they said be nice to literally everyone, like, even the janitor, especially the janitor, especially because the janitor. like <laughs> when I was a band director, the janitors helped me out so much, like with setting up for concerts oh, and okay. unlocking doors, yeah. um, putting in the work order to get my door fixed because the, the lock never worked. <laughs> I couldn't get into my classroom half the time. So yeah, mm. yeah just be nice to everyone. Um, even if they suck, like my, uh, I had a great principal the first year, mm-hmm. and then we got a new principal, and everyone hated her. Oh man! But like you were just nice to her because she was your boss, yeah. and she did that's things. That's probably the last she, person you yeah. really want to upset. That's the last person you want to upset for yeah. sure, because um, mm. she's your. She was my boss, and mm. yeah, just be nice to everybody. Just do whatever you gotta do. Yeah. In any situation. No, that's fair. Yeah, it's de- definitely people's game. Um, that's. Kind of funny because that's what me and Gerald were talking about the other day was you just, you never know. No, I totally get that. It's kind of focusing on your teaching. Uh, that seems to kind of be like your main gig now. Uh, how, how many studios do you teach at? Technically three, but actually two. Um, the online company I teach for is called Musica, and I have two students there. One's in California, one's in Gastonia. And then music and arts is where I have the bulk of my students, and I've been teaching there since 2017. Definitely where I'm the most established for teaching. Oh, totally get that. What have you found to be uh, most beneficial, like, from working at so many different places? I... I mean, honestly, if anything, it's it's more of a hassle because it's more schedules you have to juggle. Yeah. Like... 
music and arts, um, they'll get me all of my students and they'll basically handle everything. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're billing, putting in when we had a lesson, putting in when we didn't have a lesson. Uh, Musica, I have to submit everything online, like when we had a lesson, the specific day that we had a lesson, mm -hmm. even though like lesson days don't generally change. Right. I had to put it in every single week if I wanted to get paid. Oh, so you're kind of like your own bookkeeper and everything then too? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then I don't know how it works at Lake Norman yet. Right. They're They're nice guys, but all they've really been getting is guitar and piano right. and drums because no, that's no. It, all anybody wants to play. Yep. <laughs> As a guitar teacher, yes. Oh, uh, man. So with, with uh, the, the, we'll just kind of focus on those two, I guess. Uh, who, who finds the students for those, for those cases? I mean, is it all you or um, is it kind of both? Music and arts is definitely all music and arts. They okay. find the students, like I just said. Uh, musica. I get notifications when a new student is available. Okay. And then I can request the student, and then I have to contact the student. Oh, wow. So, and then I have to mark whether I've contacted them or not, that, which is another reason I was saying it's more of a hassle. Right. Like, I have to, they say you have to call every day. You have to email every day. I don't do that. Yeah. I don't want to do that. <laughs> it, because it's so much easier with music and arts to just right. have them do it. For Somebody that else job. is going to do it. Mm. And, like, Another thing with that is, like, a lot of people are like, who is calling me with Musica? Yeah. It's, like, it's basically cold calling your lessons. Yeah. So, I... <laughs> uh, well, you know, and that, that's, no, but, that, you know, that's a good point. And, you know, especially if you're going between multiple studios, I mean, that's multiple ways of how people are doing things and having to keep up with that, so... It's definitely one of those, you know, kind of pro-cons. And I feel like as a business thing, too, I mean, that's something you got to keep in mind. You know, how user-friendly is, uh, is, is our platform and the way we run things. So, no, that's, that's totally fair. So are there any adaptions as a teacher uh, that you've really felt are mandatory after this last year? I know we were kind of talking about the importance of adapting earlier. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's my, like, being adaptable is my motto, basically. Yeah. Like, keeps um, you afloat. Keeps you afloat <laughs> because, you know, music's not all I do. I also yeah. just do gig economy stuff. But yeah, being adaptable, especially with COVID this past year, mm. uh, you really have to assess the comfort levels now. Mm. Like if somebody wants to be in person versus online. I yeah. have students that are still online still, and I'm okay with it because I made myself adaptable to be, you know, to be able to teach online. You know, I got right. the audio inter interface. I got a condenser yeah. mic. I got all the stuff that I need to. I, I bought a new computer because my laptop sucked. Okay, right. <laughs> um, well, Chastity bought it for me. Thanks, babe. Oh, thanks, babe. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so you you have to be willing to do whatever it takes to teach the student. Right. You know, sometimes you have to be adaptable with, like, different learning styles and different mm -hmm. disabilities. Yeah. Like, I've taught students with autism. I've taught, I, I for a while, you just recently stopped taking lessons with me. I taught a student with uh, spina bifida. You remember him. Oh, yeah. Um, and you really just have to know how to teach each individual student, whether it be, you know, what's their comfort level with meeting in person versus online and how to adapt to whatever they need for lessons. Right. Like 
with that student that had spina bifida. He could hardly control his right hand, mm-hmm. so I taught him how to teach left-handed. <laughs> so he's going to be so – cool. he'll probably be a great horn player one day. Yeah. No, well, you know, I, I feel like that's so important. Um, and it really makes me happy to hear that because I've heard so many horror stories of, you know, you, you've heard of those teachers who are like, this is how you will learn. This is how I grew up. This is how you're going to learn. It's always going to be this book, this exercise, this thing. And so really being able to kind of have that, being able to pivot basically kind of person. No, student. I really, when students are like in middle school and beginning high school, I'll just use whatever method book you're using. Yeah. But when you're well, getting better, teacher, yeah. I start to put you in etude books. Like I really like the first book of practical studies for whatever instrument. Mm. Uh, they make it for literally every instrument. <laughs> like I've seen it for bassoon. Oh, well. Um, I've hey. seen it. Choose I mean, bassoon. I own trumpet, trombone, and tuba book. Um, so that's a really good one. And then my really good students, we get Arbin, we get Coprosh. Oh, yeah, I've heard a lot about Arbin. Get, um, what else do we get? Roshu. Roshu is a big one, especially since I teach more trombones and euphoniums than I do tuba. Mm-hmm. Um, Roshu is a very big one that I okay. teach from. Hmm. Man. So aside from aside from teaching, and I know COVID has kind of shut a lot of this down, so we'll just kind of go back to the, the time before. Uh, what, what were some of those like varying groups that you've performed with? Um, I've played in a Civil War band. I did that in college. Um, I was a part just an of average Tuesday. The I was a part of the Fayetteville 13th Confederate Regiment or something. Okay. Um, we I did it for two years in a row. I was playing baritone, mm. and we would go. We were going down to a lusty Florida. Oh wow! It's near Jacksonville, I think. But it would always be like the weekend before or the weekend after Valentine's Day because that's when the Battle of Lusty was. Uh-huh. So played baritone. Um, it was really good t- because it was a chance to, you know, connect with older guys mm. who will get you gigs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I got that gig because I know Austin. Austin uh-huh. and then his cousin is Stuart. And that's how I got that. I went down there with Austin Stewart, uh, Al Strickland, a bunch of, oh, bunch of other him. guys. Yeah. yeah, a handful of brothers. Yeah, um, yeah. Then that was a really fun gig. Hardly mm. made any money on it because it was 100 bucks, but yeah. I didn't have to drive. Didn't I didn't mean, have to pay yeah. for the hotel. Free trip. But yeah, put that on the Paid for all my food. Um, Absolutely. Played in the Charlotte Concert Band. I'm not really doing that currently just because um, – my schedule has not allowed me to lately. Uh, uh, my Carowinds gig that I have coming oh, up, yeah. Blitzen's Brass. So cool. I'm just kind of not doing that. I right. paid my dues for the ensemble, but right. well, I mean, I'll go back in January. How, but. how, how did you get into, um, so for those of y'all that aren't local, so Carowinds is like this, uh, it's this local like theme park here in Charlotte. Um, and they, they usually do these, you know, events like, like Six Flags or whatever for, uh, uh, for like Halloween, Christmas, all this kind of stuff. So like, what, how'd you get into that? So I got that because of somebody I know. Okay. And that's really goes back to being nice to everybody. Right. Um, <laughs> you mean this works? Um, and oh. actually I developed that relationship because I bought a mouthpiece. Oh, well. Wow. 
my brand, my plastic mouthpiece, yeah. my, uh, yeah, the, the brand, brand is, the yeah. brand is called brand. The brand is brand. Yeah. Uh, it's the plastic <laughs> mouthpiece with rifling in the shank that it's, they call it like turbo flow technology. Ooh. And then it's got a booster on it to help, mm. uh, focus the tone. I really like it on sousaphone, but yeah. because of that, I was able to network with a guy named Bubba Gaffney. Um, who is an awesome sousaphone player up north. He does stuff in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. Um, that area, you know, everywhere the, where there's actually public transit that can get you to other states. <laughs> <Dang. laughs> um, Must be nice. But, yeah, he reached out to me uh, a few weeks. Uh, I guess it was a month ago now mm-hmm. um, because he couldn't do the gig. He was going to come down here and do the gig. Right. But he had, he plays in several brass bands. Mm-hmm. He had a very well-paying New Year's Eve gig that mm-hmm. he didn't want to give up. Yep. So that. because I was local, yep. he was like, hey, do you, do you want this gig? I was like, sure. Oh, well. And then I reached out to the guy. Um, I gave him an audition video, which was mm-hmm. just playing some stuff. I played C-tuba and I played sousaphone, so I played mm-hmm. some etudes, and then I just played... Um, I did play Booyo. I I played I Want You Back. Um, I played Warriors. Nice. And of course, I had to like compress it down so so hard just to to be able to send it. He was like, Yeah, sounds good. Right. And that's how I got that. That's so cool. Thank you, man. One of of the days it said music, and it was like uh, on the schedule, it's like 1 p.m. to 10 p.m., and I'm like, Damn. I'm glad this pays well. Right. <laughs> For real, bro. Please tell me food is like included. I have That's no funny. idea. I, I hope know. it is. I'm sure it is. This Kara wins. Man, so I love that. Yeah. So even going into like uh how we were talking about being adaptive and like how we teach all those things. I mean it, it even kind of gets into like the music you learn too. Uh so you oh, know, yeah. from classical civil war stuff, like brass. Civil band, war stuff. You know? Uh British brass band and then oh. New Orleans style brass band that I've done. Um, and we had our band for a while, Deli yeah, yeah, yeah. a few. Um, that's, that's, uh, that's really my playing in that group is really kind of how Bubba really knows me after I bought mm-hmm. the mouthpiece. So yeah. that's, and just being local. And yeah. that's another reason I got it. Yeah. Um, I've also done the Charlotte tuba euphonium ensemble. I, I did not do that for very long because my teaching schedule did not allow me to. <laughs> yeah, no, one that, that's, that's honestly something I've, I've been kind of getting as well, where you really kind of have to set these priorities where it's like, you know, what's, what's going to take the cake because eventually things are going to conflict. And, mm-hmm. you know, especially, especially me as a, you know, teaching on the side, oh, yeah. I've had to really set these boundaries because like I want to teach and I teach because I love it. Mm-hmm. But then we get offered sometimes these gigs where it's like earlier and, you know, you can get paid considerably more in a gig, but yeah. it's like, you know, oh, you know, do, do, do yeah, I choose between really, the money or, you know, so it's, you know. I mean, ensemble wise, I go with what pays. So I love but. this. The running theme for today has been don't be a douche. Yeah. <laughs> be nice <laughs> to be people. Able, be nice to people and be able to adapt. Um, Yeah. And I don't know, you know, and I, I, that, that's such an important thing to me. I feel like I don't ever want to 
outgrow that mindset. Like, I don't ever want to be like, oh, I do this so much that, you know, you refuse to get so caught up and prideful about it. You can't just do it the same way you've always done it. You have to, you know, you have to always be learning. Even as a teacher, Mm -hmm. you have to learn. You have to, because, I mean, honestly, you you don't want your students to outpace you. (laughs) For real? No, for real. You need to to always be better than your students Mm -hmm. or they're going to go to somebody else. No. Um, and on, on some of my brass instruments that I'm not as great as that's, that's happened to me, like trumpet, Uh, like the very opposite of my primary instrument. I've lost students just because I'm not a trumpet player. Right. And you know, when they get towards high school, they need, I'm okay with that just because, you know, when you play in a specific instrument family, Right. Uh, once, Up to once a certain level, at, at a certain level, they yeah. need to be with somebody who that's their primary instrument. Yeah. No, I get that. Just because, I mean, there's a certain point where I will teach you everything I know on your instrument and you will be so much better than me at your right. instrument. Yeah. Because it's not my instrument. Right. Well, and that's also kind of how I am with saxophone too. Like, you know, I've played it for years and years, but I've never had like actual instruction, like, yeah. you know, one-on-one. And so I, that's why I've always kind of refused to teach it because I'm like, A, there aren't that many saxophone students, period. So I'd rather, you know, someone who's an actual, like, yeah. saxophone teacher get paid because yeah. I don't want to take that from you. But, yeah, but. Some, somebody at the store texted me yesterday. I have no idea who it was. They asked me if I could teach saxophone yesterday, and I was like, I don't teach saxophone. Yeah. Because like, so many people think it's a brass instrument because oh, it's no, made bro. out of brass. <laughs> I mean, it was made by it. Adolf I, Sax, I who made sax yeah. horns, which are brass instruments. Right. But it's a woodwind instrument. Yeah, it, <laughs> yes. Max, thank you again for having us here. Um, no, I, re- I really appreciate it. And once again, uh, just kind of seeing this running theme of like, you don't just stop at one thing. So whether it's teaching, performing, uh, always networking, um, and just how this is always kind of like a people's game. And, and even in those things you do, there's so much variety in all those things. Um, which I feel like is just so crucial to kind of keep going. So uh, really, really cool to see and just hear from you. I feel like it's just like further kind of confirmation with that of like, this is the way, this is the way. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) music is definitely the way. Yes, absolutely. You know the way. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that wraps this up for us here today. Um, Thank you again for being here. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Nick. Absolutely.